Welcome to Syndicated Cinephiles, the podcast where we talk about movies that you've seen a million times because they were on TV when you were a kid. I am your host, Madeline Cook, and today my guest is Alex Friedemann. Hello. Hello Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's very, (laughs) very exciting to be here. Yeah, it's a big honor. Um, Yes. As of right now, you're the second guest ever on the show. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I thought I was the first. That's kind of a deal breaker. <laughs> Maybe if you hadn't taken 50 years to like waffle between what movie you were picking, you could have been the first. Oh, my God. What but was no. the original? Ch- oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and towards the end there, I considered doing another movie, too. But I was like, no, it's too late. It's too late. I have to, I have to stick to the one that I picked. <laughs> Can you imagine if I had watched an entire movie and then you were like, wait. Actually, it would have been. It would have been. It would have been fine. <laughs> it yeah, it would have been, been fucking fine for you because you made me watch two movies you like. <laughs> You're absolutely right. God, okay. But <laughs> Speaking... you, lo- yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, should should we get right to it? Speaking of the waffling that you did between movies, do you want to yeah. say what the movie was that you chose? Yes, the movie I chose for this week's episode, if that's how it works, of <laughs> <laughs> syndicated cinephiles is The Abyss. Ooh. Ooh, directed by James Cameron. Jimmy Boy. Jimmy Boy, 1989. <laughs> yes, I thought it fit the criteria well for me of picking a movie that I would just like flip on all the time if I was ever just like cruising on the TV. It was like, mm-hmm. like as soon as I, and I was reminded of it um, naturally because I saw a clip on Reddit of what happens when a submersible capsizes like under deep pressure water which of course was a thing because of uh of uh ocean gate i was gonna say you picked (laughs) an interesting fucking week to pick a submarine Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. and as soon as i started watching it i guess i knew in my head it was about submarines but when i started watching it i was like wow alex has no decorum no no shame these men died these men died Died. and he chose the abyss horrible horrible watery deaths and it was men were crushed like little grapes and that's like just what my feed was just filled with just on all social media just like just shit about fucking ocean gate and the the perfect video came around because I'm trying to think of a movie. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, remember the abyss? This is what happens when a submersible capsizes. And it shows the scene of Michael Bean going, ah! And <laughs> fucking exploding, dying. Horrible, horrible, watery death. Thank you, Ocean Gate. Thank you for bringing that reality to everybody. Everybody. That was the best part about that. Just, you know, to make your whole podcast about Ocean Gate now. Yeah, tell us tell us the best part about Ocean Gate. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I would love to. The yeah. best part about Ocean Gate is everybody in the whole fucking who, world who like read about it, knew about it, which was like everybody. They had to imagine what it was like. What it was like for those guys 
down mm-hmm. there. Like, what happened? The horrible, horrible gravity of that. Like, I, I grappled with that for, like, a, a good day or two. Like, when I when it, when it first went down, when they were like, we lost contact, it was like, they're dead. They died. Mm-hmm. Fucking grim. grim. I gave it almost no thought. And do you want to know why? Why? I hate the ocean. I think it's stupid. And I would never, like... <laughs> go into the ocean like in any form like <laughs> other than just to swim around i would whatever? go to the beach and i go as far as my waist the i would never go on a cruise uh, oh. i would never go in the idea of going into a submarine it's like well if you ain't if you don't want to get crushed don't go under all that fucking water yeah for real <laughs> no you couldn't pay me to go into a submarine like absolutely yeah. but like the ocean man it's cool you can't I guess you gotta. I, all right, you you know you're you're not like totally anti-ocean. You know you'll you'll get in there, but like I don't know, man. Look, I'll go to Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'll go to the beach, but like I hate fish. Like yesterday was the Fourth of July, and me and some friends watched Jaws, oh, and I yeah? was just like, yeah, I would never. Couldn't couldn't be me. I'll never get got by a shark because I don't go more than waist deep. <laughs> nice try. Is Jaws an Independence Day movie? Yeah, actually, I didn't like put that together. But other than it being like a summery movie, um, they're like preparing for the Fourth of July celebrations on Amity as Bruce starts wreaking havoc or whatever. So the mayor's like, "But the Fourth of July is coming up." They mention it like many times. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> Yeah, now I kind of want to watch it. That's awesome. I because I didn't do anything for the fourth. I was just like, yeah. I jo- enjoyed my first two days off in like two months. Um, Good. Yes. Why don't you tell tell our listeners what you do for a living? Oh yes, uh, <clears throat> I am a doorman <laughs> for the Schuberts, the Schubert organization on Broadway, and I was just working the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window starring Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan, who wow. I know by their first names, and they know my name, so yeah. Wow. Yeah, just wow. had to slip that one in there. Are they going to adopt you? They were thinking about it, but they couldn't afford it, so it's okay. You're an expensive baby. <laughs> really expensive. Like, I, I laid it all out for them. I was like, these are the things I'll need. And they were like, wow, okay. You're like, look, I fetch a high market price. <laughs> all right. Everybody wants to buy this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so instead of doing anything on Independence Day, I, uh, I chilled out. It was, it was delightful. It was I'm absolutely sure you amazing. needed it. So Yeah, I really did. I really did. Thank you. Good call. <laughs> After that long tangent of submarines and sharks and Independence Day. Horrible watery death, yes. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, let's get back to the movie that you chose, which was The Abyss. The Abyss. Um, I don't know why I thought this was directed by Ron Howard. It's not. It's not. Ron couldn't get his dirty little paws on this one. (laughs) He he had to back the fuck up. Because Jimmy Jimmy had a good, good idea. Mm -hmm. Did you read the Wikipedia on this shit, man? I read some of it, you, like the production stuff. Yeah, I like. Uh, like, I guess we get. I'm sorry, I'm probably jumping the shark here, but like getting in, like some Ocean really, pun. really abusive conditions there, my guy Jim. Some yeah. really abusive shit. Yep, I saw in the IMDb trivia that the cast and crew called it the abuse, and <sighs> um, also joked about calling the movie "Life's Abyss" and then you dive. <laughs> 
which is awesome. But yeah, everybody like almost drowned many times while making this movie, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. literally the on the end of the Wikipedia, Ed Harris is like, um, apparently after he's done like, you know, promoting it and shit, he's like, uh, I will, I don't want to talk about the movie and I never will. Like he oh. is just like, just cut ties. And the same with the the lead i can't remember her name in my mind she's i don't want to say low budget amy irving but i think she looks like amy irving in my head my god i don't even know who that is i'm gonna look her up first i she's in that movie crossing delancey like that's her biggest thing but she's um the nice girl in carrie oh i kind of recognize her yeah oh yeah okay Mm mm-hmm so the actual lead in The Abyss, other than Ed Harris, the female lead is Mary Elizabeth Mastrantiono. That's Mastrantiono. Yeah, that is a Italian name. But she is also in Scarface as Al Pacino's sister and The Color wow. of Money. I don't. I've seen Scarface, but it's a very long and kind of boring movie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> boring? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, uh, it's just slow, you know? Maybe yeah. that's uh, the worst take ever, but yeah, I just, um, I couldn't get through it when I, and I, I thought everyone was like, it's the best movie ever, and I'm just like, mm, maybe I gotta give it a retry. Jacqueline Janowski's favorite movie when she was 11. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline Janowski, future guest on the podcast. You'll, future we'll be hearing, guest. We'll be hearing from her at some point, but. Excellent. Uh, Yes, mutual friend Jacqueline Janowski, who loves loved Scarface as a child. That's perfect. That's mm-hmm. every time you learn something about Jacqueline, you're like, "Yep, of course, that's perfect." <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Every time. every time she talks about stuff from her childhood and the things she was allowed to watch and stuff, I was like, "Damn, you were you were cooler at twelve than I was at 20. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> well. To yes. get back to the movie, so <sighs> you did a rewatch of this movie. I did. When was the last time you had seen this movie before doing this rewatch? Um, Do you remember? Yeah, I think the last time, maybe I was like, I was definitely in high school. Maybe I was a senior, but I, I can't remember really watching it my senior year. Maybe, like, I don't know, junior, sophomore year. So, like, 2012, 2013 probably the last time I'd ever seen it. A cool 10 years. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that till right... Th- I, like, wrote that down earlier, but I didn't think about that until right crazy. now. That's pretty crazy. 10 years. I know! It's so crazy. Lately, I've been thinking in my head a lot. 10 years ago, I was 16. And, uh, you know, I know we're not, like, ancient or anything like that, but it's weird to say things like that. I very vividly remember being 16 and, like, the struggles and s- fucking trials and shit and every- <laughs> all of life, you know? Like, I remember that shit. So it's weird oh. to be, like, 10 years later and I'm like, oh, wow, it's just, like, compounded, you know? Yeah. Life. It's fucked. <laughs> Did your opinion change at all in general? Definitely. I kind of had a wake-up call on this movie, I'm not going to lie. Really? Well, before I get too deep dive into that, I mean, and maybe this isn't your vibe on your show, but what did you think of the movie, you know? I liked it. I liked it. I'll, I'll, I'll give a brief summary of the movie just for those who haven't seen The Abyss. I do recommend seeing it. Like, it's a perfectly fun little ocean thriller movie. But, totally. Um, Claustrophobic. Suspenseful. Yeah. And also aliens, so like... And aliens, bro. Get your sci-fi. Team, uh, basically what happens, a team of like U.S. 
submarine people are oh a, a giant boat sinks at the beginning um this submersible team goes down to like figure out what happened and go explore the wreckage and stuff and while in the wreckage they encounter some extraterrestrial type stuff going on um and then a nuke accident one of their nuke accidentally falls to the bottom of the ocean and then they have to disarm it and then the aliens come back (laughs) that's basically what happens in the film so it's got it's got submarines it's got diving it's got disarming warheads it's got political tensions and then it's also got i don't want to call the aliens a subplot but it almost feels like it when you're watching dude the movie. no that and that's unfortunately my new hot take on this movie mm-hmm. is that as a you know not necessarily like a child child but like in my adolescence you know watching this movie i like absolutely adored it for the um alien content you know i like Mm -hmm. like i was definitely like a sci-fi fantasy kid like i love and i still love that shit and i like loved how they were their design they're so like beautiful and ethereal and you know there's this constant like vibe or like a thing they say about the aliens in the movie that people think that they're angels you know and they kind of look like angels you know, I love what the line that the one guy says who goes comatose. He's like, I thought I was dead because that angel came to get me, you know. And Bud has a very similar experience at the end of the film when he's like on the like rocky face and he's just like, well, I did the job and now I'm going to die down here. And like it's a rational perception like a person should have or at least a religious person, you know, seeing that and being like, wow, I never knew what an angel would look like. But here it is. Here it's happening. You know, I'm literally mm-hmm. being taken to heaven by yeah. the angel. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it's. I feel like this movie, one of the reasons that it's like a notable film at all is that it's probably the first major film to deal with aliens in an underwater way in a post like E.T. world where like, what if aliens were friendly? Like post Close Encounters world of have, what if the aliens were under the sea? To which I'm like, that's actually my gripe with it is... Well, they're not aliens then, are they? Aren't they just fish people? <laughs> because aliens would be things that are not part of the Earth. To- but, like, I think it's about origin, right? You know? Like, the aliens aren't But do they ever even get world. into that, where they're from? That, you know, that is, a, that is a great point, is that we never really understand where they're from. Have they been here the whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... We... Yeah. They just kind of assume it's aliens, you know, in the sub, you know, it's really contrived and they just kind of, they're just like the fucking Lindsay. She calls them like non-terrestrials or whatever, you know, Yeah. she just invites it in. Everyone's like, what aliens? There's no way. Yeah. That's, that was my biggest thing because it's almost, it's hard when you go in to see this movie, you're like, oh, this is the underwater alien movie. So it's like you're already biased towards thinking in that way that like, oh, yeah, they discover aliens at some point, right? When really, if you had no context for anything that was going on in this movie, you'd be like, oh, they discover Atlantis or they discover like a race of fish people or like a race of smart animals under the sea. We never get any kind of like (laughs) these guys are from another planet or something. They're truly just from the bottom of the ocean. That is such a good point. And that I think... I got to give back to my, like, 
childhood love of this movie and like subsequent like I guess I have like a bias now because I just too accept that they're that they're aliens until you just kind of busted that wide open that there's no real confirmation. Yeah. Like you said Atlantis and why couldn't it be Atlantis? It's a big fucking city at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. I would get it if when it cuz it it rises to the surface at the end the big right disc platform city thing that saves them i almost wanted it to like zoom to space and they're like bye and it's like oh now they're aliens okay they're not from here totally like i thought they were gonna take off too and i i was misremembering the movie i'm watching it i'm like yeah now they take off but they didn't (laughs) instead it said it has a really cheesy ending you know (laughs) yeah yeah um i i would say to answer the question that you said which started this whole thing which was what do i think of this movie or did i like it i did like it overall in terms of it being a like underwater action thriller type movie there were like a ton of moments in here um that i really liked and so the craziest thing about this this is a movie that You've seen a million times because it was on TV. Yeah. I realized that I have seen the ending of this movie because it was on TV. Really? Yes. I didn't realize that I had seen several scenes in this movie because it was on TV at some point, And I think my dad turned it on because <laughs> he was like, oh, the abyss is on. <laughs> so your dad's an abyss fan? I, I think not necessarily. I think it was just like <laughs> he saw it when it came out and was sure. like, "Man, I haven't seen this movie in a million years." And it's backed by a reputable name, you know. James Cameron ain't no joke. Right? And neither is Ed Harris. Like I'll watch anything Ed Harris is in. Totally. You know? I also love Ed Harris. He's yeah. Really good. But I definitely realized that I had seen the Lindsay getting resuscitated scene. I for sure had seen that. And then I had also seen um, the ending where the disc comes up to the top of the ocean and they're sitting on it or whatever. I remember seeing that when I was like, I think in high school or something. Wow, that's so trivia and wild. I love that. Yeah, memory unlocked that this was also a TV movie for me. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, just a long dormant memory, like puzzle pieces floating around that are now like, (laughs) that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I beautiful minded my way into remembering (laughs) that I did see this movie. You did. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful Um, mind. Let's take it back. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Yes, the first time, I think I was probably in middle school, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe like 12 or 13, and I was probably like hanging out with my dad, and my dad just like threw it on, because my dad was like a big movie guy, and like, I don't know, got me into, like, so was my mom, but like my dad which just always had movies on, um, and so he was like, oh, The Abyss, this is so good, you're gonna love this. And I totally did. It was awesome, you know? It was, like, spooky, uh, like, like compressed, you know? Mm-hmm. like And, like, gadgets, you know? All the, like, doodads and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's... And the aliens, you know? Yeah, I was, like, totally sold on it, you know? Like, I, I loved it. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I think I was... I was like 2009, maybe, you know, when mm. we were, when we were like 12 seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. Ye old seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. Ye old seventh grade. <laughs> I, it, this is like, that is, I think the perfect age to watch this movie because it's just elevated enough that if you were younger, you might not understand what was going on, 
with like uh when the i guess villain of the movie briefly gets like compression sickness or whatever and goes crazy and tries to attack everybody and and the political implications of the movie and everything like there's a lot of moving parts to this movie and why they have to achieve what they're going to achieve and stuff so i feel like if you were younger you might be a little lost so i feel like 12 is the perfect age to watch this movie totally yeah like i i have to agree and there was definitely some things i missed as a kid too like one of the big things that i appreciated on rewatch that was it's very like ham-fisted but i also thought it was cool was when ed harris is like escaping the flood and he gets his fingers in that one door and his fingers don't get crushed because of his wedding band i was like oh i did that's not catch cool. that i literally did not catch that really yes so thank you for pointing that out oh, because shit. i was just like weak door <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was sitting there and like as a kid i never i never appreciated that but now as a as a grown man i could like appreciate like what they were doing there and you know what they were trying to say and he has that whole sequence where he fishes is out of the like nasty blue water toilet like mm-hmm. he you know i it's cool like they i i don't know if i'm i'm a hundred percent on their like their relationship going from like cold to hot the way it does but i do like mm-hmm. the little stuff that they put in there with the like the ring specifically you know and yeah. it blocking the door that was cool yeah um, for those who haven't seen the movie the two leads start out the film we find out that they've been divorced for a while um and then throughout the events of the film they like fall back in love with each other and there's like it's like actually a huge component of the movie like it's the entire ending pretty much that when he's typing into the thing something about wife or whatever and the, them reconnecting through this like alien nuke trauma or whatever but <laughs> i didn't realize how big of a component that was going to be in this movie yeah yeah definitely um and it really it really does guide the movie like when the movie has nothing to do it's like okay well let's focus on um virgil and Lindsay's relationship you know let's mm-hmm. let's see how they're doing mm-hmm. um, yeah and i think they have like some kind of chemistry but i don't know maybe i just have a thing with ed harris having chemistry with anyone he's kind of just like like what's cool about him as an actor is he's so abrasive you know in mm-hmm. like everything that he does his he's very he like doesn't compromise for the other people in the scene it's pretty like, that's the Ed Harris shtick. Talking about A Beautiful Mind, too. I love him in A Beautiful Mind. He's so mm-hmm. fucking good in that movie. But yeah, you know, I, I kind of buy the romance. Like, I, I can see it, you know? Yeah. If you had to pick, like, when you think of Ed Harris, is this the first movie you think of? What's the first movie you think of? Yeah, honestly, this is probably my first foray into Ed Harris. And then I would say A Beautiful Mind. I used to watch that a bunch, too, in high school. Um, I don't remember him in Beautiful Mind. Oh, man, dude. Who is he in it? He plays, you know, like, another one of the figments of Nash's oh. imagination. He's the FBI agent or whatever. Oh, my God, yes. Or the yeah, the man in the black hat who's after him or something like that. Yeah. You know? He's Ooh, awesome. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Oh, that movie is so cool. I was just reading about the other day about how it's not very accurate, though. Um, Who cares? I don't give a fuck. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> but the, you know, like like the true story is always terrible. They took elements of a real person's life and made a really beautiful story. Yeah. You know? 
And in, in real life, blah, 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 what do you know? Like, the dude yeah. was actually a huge piece of shit, and this thing actually happened, you know? Yeah. Conduct your own research, everybody, on whatever his name is. Johnson Nash, I think it is, or something like that. Ashton. Jonathan Nash? Jonathan Nash, that's it. <laughs> Johnson <Probably>. Nash. <laughs> you know, Johnson American Nash. American hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my Ed Harris movie that I always think of first is Truman Show. Oh, my God, yes. Of course. That's yeah, just like Truman number one Show. for me. But that, I think that came after The Abyss, right? That's like a Oh, yeah. I think that's 99. Movie. 99. Either 99 or 98. So it's like a full 10 years after this movie. I'm pulling the stat. Truman Show, one of my biggest gripes, it was not nominated for Best Picture. And it should have won. Wow. What did win that year? Probably some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. That might have been the year actually of like shakespeare and love and stuff which is insane because that was a pretty weak year so i don't know why truman show wasn't nominated yeah it's 98 by the way 98 let me look this is gonna kill me yeah this was oh my god i was spot on this was the year of shakespeare and love of 98 yeah what was it up against shakespeare and love won best picture over elizabeth which is a, a about Queen Elizabeth I, I'm pretty sure. Um, Life is Beautiful, the Italian concentration camp movie, um, Saving Private Ryan, and The Thin Red Line. Now look, I haven't seen Thin Red Line. Saving Private Ryan is valid, as is Life is Beautiful. Elizabeth has not lived up to any of the shit that was this year, especially Truman Show, and Shakespeare in Love sure as shit has not. That's so few movies, too. Like the, I mean, I, get the, I guess that they do, you it's know, It's back like when it was five. Now. But yeah. yeah, five. That's so few. Yeah. There's so many movies that come out. How can you dilute it down to five? I know. And it's so funny when they pick things that end up having no staying power. Because like, if, if you were to look at all these movies, like, frankly, Truman Show and Saving Private Ryan are the big two that people actually still care about. Totally. I will say my my uncle and my mom, brother and sister, are absolutely crazy about Shakespeare in Love. Are you for real? No, they love that movie, man. They're crazy about it. It's ridiculous. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. I, I, you know, I have a good time, but I don't really get what they are so on about. And they're like, oh, Alex, you're an actor. You love this movie. You know what? That's what it is. That's what it is, is that if you're an actor and you're someone who has had to read a lot of Shakespeare and do a lot of Shakespeare or whatever, you're kind of over the basics of Shakespeare. Like, you need something a little meatier. So, like, a fluffy fanfic about the life of Shakespeare is actually going to be very boring. Totally. And people who know me know that I watched every movie that has won Best Picture, like, last year. That was a quest of mine. And I watched Shakespeare in Love. And the thing that really pissed me off was the scene where they finally have sex, the two leads, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Joseph Fiennes, and they, like, recite Romeo and Juliet lines to each other as they're fucking. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And it made me want to kill myself. I was like, this is the least sexy thing I've ever seen in my life. It just reminded me too much of, like, cringy theater school people that I'm sure, I'm sure we know at least one person. Oh, my God, yeah. We have at least one mutual friend who has done some bullshit like that and recited (laughs) lines while fucking somebody. Totally, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Somebody had to make that choice, you know? Somebody was like, this is a bold choice, and then learned that it was actually the wrong choice. This is the wrong Someone choice. Someone was in the throes of passion and said, what would Steve do? 
<laughs> what would Steve do, honestly? <laughs> Listener Steve was one of our professors. I don't want to chase this song anymore. <laughs> Much love, Steve, wherever you are. Pretty sure Florida. Um. Anyways, back to the abyss. The abyss. Uh, so you saw this for the first time in middle school. Yeah. Um, do you remember what channel it aired on? Okay, so I definitely couldn't figure that out, but... Mm. It was definitely on those, like, premium channels. And, like, we at, at the Freedman household, we had uh, Charter. And for Charter, the premium channels were... And that's back when it was called Charter. Now it's fucking yep. Spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the premium channels were, like, 500 to, like, 555. And that's where I was, like, every day of my life, just, like, floating around in there. I started thinking of a bunch of movies that, like, fit the criteria. Like, um, well, it was, it's all because I keep seeing, like, I see somebody's posts. Like, you put, I think, something on your story about uh, Napoleon Dynamite the other day, mm-hmm. Rex Kondo. And yeah. I fucking love Rex Kondo. I love, <laughs> I love Deidre Vetter. He is so, so funny in everything mm-hmm. that he does. He is excellent. Like, for real? He is one of the best animated bad guys ever in Surf's Up. I love his bad guy. He I, like I, I'm just gonna lay it all on the table, man. Nobody ever talks about it, but his villain in Surf's Up is so good. My man. I have never seen Surf's oh Up. My I am so God! sorry. That's what I should have chose. I fucking fucked up, man. Because I used to watch Surf's Up all the time on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anytime Surf's Up was on, I was like, hell yeah. You know why I really like Surf's Up, man? Here's the deep cut. Tell me. The real reason why I love Surf's Up is because of the aforementioned, very talented actor named Diedrich Bader. Um, Bader. And what? Diedrich Bader. I'm it's so not, sorry, it, no way it's Bader. Look it up, dude. I'm surprised you would, like, it's Bader for sure. I've never heard Bader. <sighs> man, I just. And I just, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep digging this hole too. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to look. I'm sorry to take the wind out of your sails like that, but I just knew, I no, knew you were going to get don't eaten say up it in the comments. Wrong, you know, I don't, because I love him so much. I don't want to say it wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I definitely didn't find an IPA guide on his Wikipedia and that's, <laughs> and that's as far as I'm going to go. I IPA people's <laughs> names all the time because I don't want to fucking say it wrong. <laughs> Diedrich Bader. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying you're wrong, your name wrong for so many years. So many. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's so good. And then also Surf's Up features music from the band Incubus. You ever listen to any fucking Incubus, man? Oh, yeah, you have. I'm a girl. <laughs> I'm a girl. Not but, to pull that card, but no, I don't listen to Incubus. Oh, I was come a on. I was a young girl. I was listening to Liz Fair in my mom's car. I was not listening to Incubus. Come on, man. Did your parents listen to Incubus? Yes, my dad listened to Incubus. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're really painting a picture of your father right now, by the way. So oh, like, yeah. he loves the Abyss and like made you watch the Abyss and mm-hmm. also loves Incubus. Yes, he loves Incubus. And I also love Incubus. It's a this, good band. Your father is like a red-blooded American man. <laughs> based off those two facts. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So 
charter you watch the premium channels a lot so are (laughs) are you talk are you saying this is hbo and showtime totally like hbo showtime cinemax like all all of them stars stars yes all of those guys that are now all streaming platforms Mm -hmm. um yeah man that was it like that like that like if i was home and my dad was home he was flipping through the movie channels um or if i was there by myself i was flipping through the movie channels or if it was me and my brother sam like we're flipping through the movie channels like it was Mm -hmm. it was how we did did you always have the premium channels growing up or was there an age where you got them and then maybe lost them again your family has always had them yeah pretty much like since the point that i could care i guess yeah my like that was the thing is that like just movies you know like flip it on at any point like and that's what I love about this, like, idea behind the podcast, you know, the concept. I love, like, because this is what I did, is I would just, like, flip through the movie channels and be like, oh, sweet, yes, this is on. Mm-hmm. Probably watched The Matrix that way, like, 800,000 times, you know? Mm-hmm. I, oh, man, that's just, there's just so many of those movies. And that's the worst part, is there's so many that I, I can't remember. But I wish I could, because if I could, like, see that list, you know? Yeah. But every time that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I saw the the capsizing on Reddit, you know? <laughs> or I saw Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> on your story. I was like, oh, man, these are all the movies that, like, would have fit this criteria. I just have no, it just, just no staying yeah. presence in my mind like that, you know? I have a question for you, because I was also in a charter household before it was Spectrum. And they had, like, an on-demand interface and stuff where you could do different things. <laughs> Does the phrase Chatta Main Street mean anything to you? Does that sound familiar? Chatta Main Street? Chatta Main Street. It was, like, Charter Main Street. But it was this guy going, Chatta Main Street, <laughs> with an accent. Does that sound familiar? No. Damn. Okay, this is, like, I swear, just a shared delusion between me and my sister. But I swear <laughs> to God, it was a thing on the on-demand interface from, I would say, up until 2008 or something. It was, like, early charter. And it it was part of the on-demand interface that they would have ads for this thing called Chatta Main Street. And I don't even know what was on there. But it was, like, maybe local TV or something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, my family still says that sometimes. <laughs> Shout out Main Street. <laughs> oh man, honestly, I'm going home in a couple days. Maybe I'll ask my parents if they remember. But uh, please do. But please yeah, do. I, I do not recall. <laughs> okay. That's wild. Okay. If you had to guess how many times you've seen this movie or chunks of this movie on TV, The Abyss, how many? Like, I think I would like cap it at like 20 times you know Mm -hmm. it's hard to think about movies like that i never really think about the amount of times i've seen it and especially didn't then when i was always just like flipping through like watching surfs up every day um (laughs) i just um i just wasn't thinking about it and so if i if i but like trying to think about it yeah Probably maybe 20 times, I would say, which Mm -hmm. I think is a lot, you know, for seeing any movie. Was or is this movie anywhere in, like, your top 100, if you had to venture a guess? Um, yeah, like, I I could, I feel like I could put it in my top 100 just because of, like, a, like, a sentimental, like, childhood Mm -hmm. stance. I, I, I put it at 40. I was like, if I had... That's still cozy. Yeah. That's That's top 50. 
Yeah, it's not 50, it's not 60, it's 40, you know? Like, wow. Like, but it's not 30, you know? Like, like yeah. I think I think 30 is where I really start to care if I ever built that list, you know? Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. 30, 30 to the bottom is like, okay, yeah, these are the top best 30 movies. And then the rest is just like fun ones, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was there a section of this movie that you've seen a million times that you always it seemed like you always clicked on it at a certain timestamp. I was going to bring this up earlier and then I totally forgot, but yeah, you were it's so weird that you were talking about how you'd seen the scene where she's getting resuscitated because mm-hmm. pretty much every time that I would flip on the abyss, <laughs> it would be right there that scene, you know. Uh-huh. Um and like watch like as a, you know, watching it in like fucking middle school and high school i just wasn't really like thinking about it you know it was i was just like oh it's a really dramatic scene but watching it this time around i was like damn this goes on for so long and like they're probably like actually beating the shit out of her you know and like and i read about that on the wikipedia too and apparently yep that was totally a thing she was just like they did it for so long you know and eventually it got to the point where harris was doing whole cuts of the scene just by himself you know, like if the ca- if the camera was just on him, he's probably yelling at nobody. You know, wow. like come on, you know, because she apparently at some point like stormed off the set. There's like a whole quote and everything that she said. She was. Just I mean, like, I can't imagine. I mean, there. So he's doing like compressions on her for a super long time, which is already like, even if they're fake, like hard on your body, and then. <laughs> He smacks her around a bunch and is like, fight, damn it, fight, which was like hard to watch. And then on top of that, he's just like screaming at her face for a solid five minutes. So I can't imagine filming something like that and like not internalizing any of what was going on. And so that's, I can't believe they took so long to film that. Totally. That feels, Freezing from the water too and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely horrible. I just, I had such a wake-up call on this movie, you know? Like, I just never, you never think about, like... Well, as as a kid, I never really thought about, like, production aspects and shit like that. I would just enjoy a movie, you know? Yeah. Maybe, you know, as a senior, I started seeing, like, the whole world. But, like, it wasn't really until, like, you know, college and college beyond really get to appreciate all aspects of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um and just reading about how harrowing the fucking production was for this movie it's a it's a totally huge bummer like it really it really popped my bubble on this movie like it's still like so cool you know i love i love the like feeling of it and it's like it's like scary and like it's also looks so good you know like avatar like wishes it looked that good you know like it just it (laughs) looks clean you know and like yeah the like the aliens they look kind of alien and like they're like stop motiony and shit and it's not perfect but it like it's still like a very valid and beautiful attempt like it's a special yeah. movie that i like i really enjoy but yeah man just making actors do like 70 hour weeks six days and you're constantly underwater all the time because they like did it for real you know yeah I don't know if you read about any of that shit, but it's crazy. They, like, bought out an unfinished nuclear power plant or, like, an unused one. And they filled up one of the, like, reactors with, like, a shitload of water. 
And it was at the time it was the largest like freshwater contained space of water like in the world. And that's where they did everything. And they had to do all this crazy shit to like fight um, decompression sickness. And it's not like they went down super deep and everything, but they were like diving, you know, they were like doing the thing and your body, it like fucks with you when you do shit like that. Absolutely horrible madness. And that's why they all hated it. That's why they were all like, oh my God, you know, like, yeah. And yeah, yeah, but the final product does look really good. It looks it really cool. Like all the underwater shit that they pulled off. And like, there's also the beautiful side of that where like the, a, a bunch of state of the art tech was built just so this movie could be done. And like now that mm-hmm. tech just exists because Cameron was like, it's happening, you know? Like the word vision visionary gets thrown around, but like my dude sees things and he, he, he makes these things happen. I read this thing the other day. That was like he made the Titanic because he just really wanted to go down there and see the Titanic, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he was able to just like build one of the most successful movies ever around that, you know? Like around a fascination. And that's just really fucking cool, you know? Mm-hmm. But doesn't excuse all the bullshit, Hitchcock. Like, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's messed up what you did to those people. I, I one of the things that really bothers me about it is like the the part with the rat. Um and I talk I talk about this yeah, rat so much I literally, in my notes. <laughs> it's so funny because I today when I before we started this and I, I pulled up the wiki just to like have it on hand and so I went into Google and started typing in the abyss and I forgot that the only thing I had Googled in relation to this movie was the abyss rat. Because I was like was that fucking real when they for again for if you haven't seen the movie their breathable liquid is like a big plot point of this movie and to demonstrate that it's something that works they submerge a live rat in this oxygenated breathable quote-unquote liquid and it like thrashes around for a bit and then eventually breathes it and i was like I had they actually did that I had no idea I thought them doing it on the rat was like completely fake and it wasn't and yeah 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 just learning that the whole breathable liquid thing was real was wild to me but that uh, apparently they've only ever tested it on animals there have been successful human tests but like it's only ever been like an animal thing I guess but yeah man the rat doesn't fucking know that and mm-hmm. they just toss that poor bastard in there, you know? They just toss mm-hmm. the rat in and just give it no choice. Yeah. And, like, that's that's pretty fucked up. You know? Yeah. Ultimate, no rats were killed. The I rat did live. Like, that is yeah. the crazy part, is that the breathable liquid works, and the rat did live. Mm-hmm. But, man. Yeah. That's shitty. I don't like that. Yeah. Like that yeah. that was the that was the part that I was just cringing at the most, you know. It's just like mm-hmm. ooh, you know, like it was it was painful to watch. I felt yeah. bad. Yeah, um some of my friends and I just watched Pink Flamingos for the first time. Are you familiar with that movie? No. Oh, okay. It's a John Waters movie, so it's, you know, filthy. And they very much kill a chicken in the movie and it was like really hard to watch like it was in a particularly disgusting scene like the way that they killed it and i was just like damn i think modern audiences are like 
I don't want to say coddled because it's ultimately a good thing, but we are very rarely confronted with, ooh, was that animal safe on set? Because I feel like in recent times when animals have been even mildly mistreated, it's been a huge thing in the news. Like I think Dog's Purpose was the last movie where there was like an expose on it that like the dogs lived and were fine, but they were put through like emotional trauma and that was enough that people were like, don't do this fucking movie then. You know what I mean? Like animal rights in relation to film has come such a long way that when we do see a rat who is ultimately unharmed, that's still like so hard to watch. Yeah. Within the context of today, this movie was like less than 40 years ago and rules and general public consensus has come so far on that kind of thing that it's weird to watch older movies now that that skirt regulations. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Like it, I I feel the same way. Like the very much the consciousness has changed and specifically like you know within us but yeah i think also in a larger scope like that shit does not happen anymore you know and rightfully so because it's really messed up you know yeah and oftentimes that means that we have to like like cgi the animals in this in these sequences which Mm -hmm. is a bummer because that always looks terrible um Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's a movie. It's a movie, you know? It's it's not supposed to look real. It's, you know, like, it's it's a movie, you know? Yeah. So get Um, over it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought up the rat, too, because I was having a bit of a hard time keeping some of the supporting characters straight in this movie. Yeah, no, definitely. And I... I definitely confused the evil guy that gets like compression sickness with the rat guy. And it's so funny how it's classic. Rat guy is like so lovable because he has this little pet that he loves and then he saves the rat. Um, Fans of, what is that? Blake Snyder's Save the Cat will like that. This is Save the Rat. Um, (laughs) And it's it's like, oh my God, he's, he's such a lovable guy. He's got this rat. And so when I thought he was the villain, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, no, he's a good guy because he has a rat. <laughs> like, it's so funny. The, the tropes that we're used to as audiences that I'm like, well, guy who has pet can't be bad guy. Like, that doesn't make sense, actually. <laughs> and so I literally had to look up. I'm like, oh, no, those are two different characters. But it's funny that, like, in my head, I was like, well, he can't be bad. He had a pet rat. Right, yeah. <laughs> It does a lot for him in the personality uh, side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I otherwise did not really enjoy his performance. I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, the supportings were a bit. I don't know how much of this was. I think a lot of it was just the writing that a lot of them didn't have a lot of screen time unless you yeah. were the main two or the guy who goes crazy. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really feel distinguishable from one another in any way. Other than this one's the black woman and this guy's tall. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, I do <laughs> yeah. have to agree. Like looking over the Wikipedia page, just being like, yeah, okay, these were their names, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's I <laughs> like I I was not keeping yeah. up with that for sure. So, would you consider this like a dad movie for you? You like shared this movie with your father? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, this is definitely a dad movie for me. I've got a bunch of those, but yeah, this is this is definitely. I'd love to hear a couple, a couple of your dad Um, movies. Well, another one is definitely The Fifth Element. Um, That's a dad (laughs) movie. Uh, This is why you need to live in LA. They're showing that at this uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery like next weekend. Yep. (sighs) That does. Alex lives in New York, listeners. It's tragic. (laughs) Yeah, it's super sad living in New York. Mm -hmm. Very tough. 
Um, damn, man. That's cool. One of these days they'll do a fifth element out here, though, and then I'll I'll, I'll be like, nah, nah. Um, are you gonna go see it? You gotta go see it. You're crazy Dude. about it. <laughs> you think I can afford that? Oh shit! You think is I can afford to see a movie I don't love? I mean, it's like thirty five dollars. Uh, so if it's a movie that you really like, totally, like, it's yeah. Worth it. Yeah, because also they have DJs and photo booths, and you can bring in food and whatever. So it's like a night to be had. Um, for those of you listening in the Los Angeles area, Synespia screenings at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery are awesome, and you should go. Um, but yeah, it's definitely if you if you're like eh on the movie, I wouldn't spend the money. So that makes sense. Yeah, but what are other than Fifth Element and The Abyss? Any other dad um, movies? Oh yeah, all the Star Wars, uh, Napoleon Dynamite again is a dad movie there too. Yeah. My, oh my God, yeah. My dad and I used to just quote that movie back and forth to each other all the time <laughs> in high school. It was ridiculous. Um, That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's that I. I, when I saw it on your story, I was like, that's the movie I should have picked. I was like, Shit. That's a mom movie for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my mom loves that movie. And you, too, love that movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, it was one that my parents saw in theaters without us, and then they loved it so much that they like bought us the DVD, and they were like, you should see this movie. This is a good movie. Wow. And then because we had the DVD, we watched it just a million times, so many times. Totally. And I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and then this past year for my birthday, uh, one of my friends hadn't seen it, and so they were like, what do you want to do for your birthday? I was like, here's what I want to do. I want to make you watch Napoleon Dynamite, and I want to get um, a bunch, I want to eat like tater tots and burgers and watch <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite with you. <laughs> so that's what I did for my birthday this year, and it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a damn, damn. good movie. Were all of those movies TV dad movies? Like you saw Fifth Element on TV with your dad? No, we definitely had the the VHS on that one. <laughs> um, and then it was on TV a bunch. I did also watch Fifth Element all the time. Yeah, man, VHS tapes. We had so many VHS tapes. When did your family get a DVD player? I can't say I really remember not having one. You know? Really? Yeah, I mean, like, by the time I was, like, caring about that thing, if I'm really thinking about it, like, I don't know, DVD players weren't, like, they were, like, a two early 2000s thing, right? Yeah, but I think at the beginning they were maybe a little expensive. Shit. I so don't it was know. definitely I'd... something that, I mean, everyone had them by, like, I don't know, 2007, I would say, but earlier than that it had to be like you kind of had the money and your your family cared about having a dvd player you know i just i just always remember having the vhs dvd combo you know just forever forever wow yeah yeah but maybe i'm just like i just have no recollection and maybe we had a vhs player for like 10 years and i just don't just or maybe maybe your your parents like had the money to spare for that or decided that that was like an important thing to have and so you've just had that for as long as you can remember they do they did love their movies they do love their movies mm-hmm. so it was a thing yeah so yeah but honestly i don't know maybe maybe not mm-hmm. but yeah i just have yeah. a very clear memory of christmas when i was like maybe seven or eight and my grandparents who were very poor bought my family our first dvd player as like the family christmas gift 
And I remember thinking that was really cool because I was like, oh, my God, this is like the future or whatever. <laughs> like, this is so exciting. We have a DVD player now. So yeah. I have a memory of like receiving one and it being exciting. And when was that? What year was that? 2004-ish. That'd be my guess. Yeah. So I feel like I'm not off by saying that I feel like I had it around the same time, too. I guess I just I have a lot of memories of being like five and six and every year is like a century when you're that old and only having a VHS player and being like me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) here's a question for you. I don't know if your parents did this, but or if there was a time before you had charter and I don't remember when DVR became a thing, but did your parents use VHSs to tape television? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Wow, I haven't thought about that in so long. But yeah, we totally had like a couple just like screw them up tapes. Like record uh, Survivor, you know? Yeah. My were crazy about Survivor. <laughs> and uh, what else? Um, oh my God, what was the other one? Longest Journey Ever. Million Dollar Journey. Journey around... Amazing the... Race? Amazing Race. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Million Dollar Journey. You're right. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Amazing I, I... Race. <laughs> and you watch that as a family? You watch those like competition shows? Yeah, man. They were crazy about that shit. That was, that was definitely a thing. Wow. American Idol. We recorded that all the time. Oh, man. I was such an American... I lived in such an American Idol house. That was a big thing. I remember, remember voting all on the show. phone. Um, hell yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> Begging my mom to vote for these re- certain people and shit like that. Yeah, dude, we watched all that, man. I know Sanjaya. It's all gone. It's all gone. Wait, wait, yeah. what'd you say? Sanjaya. Sanjaya. What year remember was Sanjaya? that? Oh, yeah, it was. I would say 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, those first, like, six or seven seasons. Yeah, my family mm-hmm. was all over that shit. Yeah. Adam Lambert. I Adam Lambert. Season. That's who I was going to bring up. That was, like, the year of American Idol. That was it. Yeah. That I think they peaked that year because they had Adam Lambert, who was, like, a bona fide oh, yeah. rock star. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, like, pushing the envelope and doing cool shit. When he did that cover of Ring of Fire. Remember that? Yes! <laughs> yes yeah legendary yeah oh man that was it that was peak tv that was my house was fucking shaken from that shit that was yeah my the the shows that my family usually recorded on tape were like my parents shows that were uh, they're like adult shows that we weren't allowed to watch and so they would record them and then wait till we went to bed and watch them. So they always had tapes of like two and a half men and stuff like that. Way too racy for the children. Can't have oh, them yeah. watching two um, Yeah, and a half my parents men. were definitely. I mean, I remember um, my parents used to watch The Office and we weren't allowed to start watching The Office until I think season four, season four or five was wow. when we were allowed to watch it as it aired. But we... The first couple seasons, it was like a grown-up show, and we weren't allowed to watch it. I mean, the humor gets pretty crude on that one. Yeah, I also feel like a lot of the stuff would have gone over my head, though, so it felt kind of wasted to, like, (laughs) they could have just watched it with me in the room, and I would have been like, what do they mean? They could have been like, don't worry about it later. Don't even worry. Yeah, yeah, you'll learn later, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. The, like, VHS that got re-recorded over a million times had written on it, like, mom's tape, no touchy. (laughs) 
<laughs> Damn. What was your mom always oh. recording? Two and a half men and what else? Two and a half men. I mean, I don't know if we probably didn't have DVR by the time The Office was airing. Oof. So The Office. Um, I think my parents were maybe watching early seasons of 30 Rock. I don't know if she would. She might have recorded The Soup. My mom really liked The Soup. I don't even know what that is. No, what is that? Ooh, ooh. Oh, it was a show on E. It's the show that Joel McHale hosted. That was like a... Have you really never seen The Soup? No, I, I never even... I oh. never even knew Joel McHale had another job other than Community. Oh, it was such a specific era of TV. And it's very nostalgic for me because it's on E. So it's like a mom show because my dad was like, reality TV, that's for lesser beings. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so this was like... It was a comedy show. It started out off as, I think, Talk Soup in the 90s. Like, it was an older show. But by the time my mom was watching it, it was Joel McHale. And it was like a clip show where he'd take clips from pre-YouTube viral video type things. So, like, he'd have a clip from the early Kardashians or a clip from Toddlers and Tiaras. And then they'd show it. And then they'd make jokes about it or whatever. Or stuff from the Today Show that was like gaffes or whatever or just weird shit. So it was like pre-YouTube viral video commentary type comedy. Like, uh, oh, I don't want to invoke the name, but like, I feel like Tosh.0 is like in that same mix. Yeah, it's it was, it was uh, Tosh.0 was modeled after the soup because, you know, he's like wow. in front of a green screen with like a fake studio with a screen back here to be like here's the clip and then referencing it and then a studio audience of like five people ten people or whatever so yeah tosh point is modeled after the soup so it's kind of the wow. same thing i'm definitely gonna have to look up the soup that's uh that's wow. crazy i've never even once oh. heard of that oh my god and they would have different segments so they'd have like this is your clip of the week and it was always the one that they went out with so it was whatever the craziest thing that happened that week so like it'd be when al roker put on the b costume on the today show to promote b movie you know what i mean (laughs) it's like that's the clip of the week is al roker in a b costume and then they would have a segment called chicks man and joel McHale would say let's talk about chicks man and then there would be a sound bite that would go chicks man and something about the sound bites they used, ooh, it's like so nostalgic for me. I would give anything to go back in time right now and just sit while my mom was on the treadmill watching the soup and I could just sit playing like blocks on the floor or something. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. God, that sounds wow. so good. Your yeah. mom was crazy about the soup, huh? <laughs> Ultimately not crazy, but it was something that she regularly watched, you know? Sure. You wow. gotta keep up with current events. Yeah, I guess you gotta. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta. Yeah. Wow. This is another question that, because not only do I want to, like, talk about the movies on this podcast, but I want to talk about this nostalgic type stuff of coming of age in the early 2000s and what media was like and whatever. And I feel like going to the DVD rental place to rent a DVD was, like, a big thing. Yeah. Like, Friday nights. Yeah. Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah. What what are your memories of that in general? I'm trying to just remember the name of the place that my family would always go and I can't remember. Mm-hmm. It's like the classic like Wisconsin chain. Oh, shit. There was a there was a family video on the west side yeah. of Madison up family until like video. last year. I think year. that's what it is. Yeah. I think that's what it is. <laughs> it's the one that like co- eventually combined with like a pizza shop too. 
Well, they all, I remember there was one in point, too, that a lot of them seemed to combine with CBD stores. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So there was a family video in Stevens Point that was also half CBD store. (laughs) (laughs) By the time we got there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, going to the going to the movie shop was it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved going. Um, yeah. Sort of my sort of the parents. They loved taking us. Me and Sam would just be like running through, just trying to like comp- like it was always a competition too. Me and Sam were very competitive growing up, um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was always like who's gonna like take home the movie, you know? Mm. And then you gotta walk into the video game room. That was huge about yeah. going to the movie store. Had to go to the video game room, had to see what mm-hmm. was available, and then had to argue with Sam about what game we would get. Um, because he always wanted the sports games, and I always wanted the, like, kick-punch adventure games, you know? And uh-huh. just never got along with me, too, me and my brother. Um, <laughs> Very low-stakes, was... classic childhood disagreement to get exactly. into. Exactly. Exactly. That's And that's exactly, yeah. I'm very grateful for it, you know. It would have been mm-hmm. it would have I I would have been a totally different person if I would have had somebody in my life who I would have always agreed with, you know. Yeah. But no, or I if had you were Sam. an only child or whatever. Like you need exactly. to have some pushback. Bro, you like oh man, siblings. Like it's Sorry to the only children listening, but Yeah, yeah, rip there's something to the wrong with you children. fundamentally. I'm so, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. But uh it's I'm very grateful for my for my brothers. Like it's siblings are it mm-hmm. um and then yeah. if not siblings cousins you know yep all the all you only kids probably still got uh, only kids does not sound right um all, all, you, all you um only you know what you, you guys you got cousins you got cousins mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm. you can make it work those are basically have- brothers and sisters my biggest thing about the DVD rental places, I have a lot of um, memories of walking down the scary movie aisle or just seeing a cover of a scary movie and like being genuinely scared just by looking at the cover and totally. being like, oh no. And like, so like Hellraiser, the movie that has the like pinhead guy on it yeah. with all the nails in his face. I remember being six or seven and seeing it and just being like oh oh my god like get me out of this aisle i can't be near this are you still afraid to hellraiser of hellraiser to this day i have not seen hellraiser and i i think it's going to be on my halloween list to this year of something that i can finally tackle totally i it's one of those movies where i can never remember if i've seen it or not so i need to look it up (laughs) oh yeah i've seen this yeah mm. I know next to nothing about it other than the pinhead guy. Yeah, it just basically, yeah, it's ba- it's pretty much just like a movie based around that like iconography, you know. I mm-hmm. I can't even like that's I can't even remember if I've seen it or not, you know. But I just remember the characters, <laughs> you know. Like that's yeah. that's basically what the movie is about is some spooky guys, um, <laughs> some real scary fellas, um, some real. Sc- Spooky guys. <laughs> I developed a childhood fear because of the movie shop and what we brought home from it. You're talking about seeing hell- the Hellraiser poster and being like, "Ee!" As mm-hmm. a kid, you know, my parents they were just like, "Let's watch whatever," you know, like even like some like R-rated shit, like horror shit that we probably should not have been watching. Mm-hmm. My parents were just kind of like, "Yeah." 
It's fine. Um, and we picked up the movie uh, Vamp. I think that's what it's called. I haven't looked it up ever. Vamp. But it's like a it's like a vampire movie. I can't even remember what happened. Nineteen eighty six. Is it, if there's a movie called Vamp, that's what it is. This is cool. It's a black comedy horror film. So this is not like your your shitty. This is not like a just a regular horror film. Grace Grace Jones is in this movie. That's it. That's Vamp. That's you were afraid one. of this movie, The Scar. So you? I I can't even remember what it was. I don't even remember. Um, I definitely now have have to go back and like conquer the movie. Oh, um, you do. It looks I, very good. Well, just, just I can't even remember how far we got into it, but the vampires, man, they scared me too much. I was like, and and it may, you know, going back, it might be funny to see that it's actually all really funny and campy or whatever, you know. Um, but I was fucking terrified. And then I proceeded to have, like, nightmares about vampires for, like, the next six years of my life. I I pretty much didn't stop having nightmares about vampires until I think I got out of grade school. I was just, like, terrified. And it's not like I I was tortured every night. No, but that's, like... Anytime I had a nightmare, like, it was because a vampire was chasing me, you know? Oh, my God. Fucking got messed up from the music... Or from the movie shop, man. The movie shop delivered us vamp and that... That is that fireworks? <laughs> yeah, those are fireworks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the neighbors they sure love firing their fireworks out in the street. <laughs> it's so nice. My version uh, of that was that I went to a sleepover and kind of got bullied into watching a movie Signs too young. And so I had nightmares for months about aliens and like genuinely had trouble sleeping and I, I didn't realize that I had anxiety even as a child, but looking back, like, it was not your normal, like, the kid is scared of this thing now. It was, like, ooh, it was bad. It, like, dominated my life for, like, years. Um, so that's another movie I want to go back and watch now that I'm an adult is Signs, because I know it is for a fact not scary at all, but when I was, <laughs> when I was eight, it destroyed my life. <laughs> you, just, you just got, like... Shyamalan got you, man. He yeah. he he got you in his little like terrifying mind box. He got you thinking about it too hard. Mm-hmm. I get it, man. That was the same thing. Me as like a seven, eight year old watched a vampire movie and got two. I was like, vampires. That's terrifying, man. They're gonna come for my blood. <laughs> you know. It's so funny because, so like, this movie Vamp looks amazing. It looks, it's kind of, it, it, theme-wise, it looks like American Werewolf in London and that it's like a comedy that deals with, like, whatever and has horror elements. But literally, I'm reading some of the stuff that, like, the the main vampire, which is Grace Jones, um, famous model and singer Grace Jones, um, pins one of the guys on her waterbed that's filled with blood and then, like, kills him, which is amazing that she had a waterbed filled with blood, but... It's all, it's like, it's camp. This is like a campy horror movie. And that's like, your parents had cool taste that they picked this movie. Yeah, there's, there were some weirdos, man. They were just like, fuck it, let's watch it. I saw a lot of cool movies that yeah. way. Don't ask me to list them because I can't remember. But I would remember if I saw it on somebody's <laughs> Instagram story. So let's just hope. Well, someday, someday I'll post some, some stray 
of screen movie. movie. I'll be like, oh man, why you mm-hmm. so watch this all the time? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Someday. Uh, well, we're coming up on uh, the hour mark here, and or we probably already passed it, but uh, just to get back to the abyss and and wrap up the abyss. Yeah. Do you have a favorite and least favorite part of the movie when you went back to watching it this time? Totally. And I, I luckily, to expedite this ending, I've already talked about my least favorite part, which is watching the, the rat? rat drown. Oh. It's so horrible. It's terrible. The poor rats, you know. Yes, the rat's fine. Yes, the liquid is breathable. But the mm-hmm. rat didn't know that, man. The rat didn't know, and it was tough to watch. And we've talked about it, but, like, I, I'm going to say it again. Jimmy, you messed up on that one. That mm-hmm. was that was, that was was tough for me to watch. That's why Catherine left you. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! It's been said. She it's saw that rat get drowned, and she said, I'm divorcing this man. I'm out of here, man. This dude's a fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, if you torture animals, that's a thing, right? Mess with the animals, and that's always the segue up into into murdering. Um, all right, triad um, of psychopathy. <laughs> there we go. Yes, excellent. hurting animals, bedwetting, and pyromania. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's, that's like that's yeah, that's like the psychological phenomenon that it's called the triad of psychopathy. I watch a lot of SVU, but yeah. So if someone does all three of those things, watch out. Watch out. Better run. Mm-hmm. Um, so that okay. was your least favorite part. What was your favorite part if you had to Favorite pick? part? Definitely the sequence leading up to Ed Harris's and Michael Bean's fight in the, like, mm. submersible area. Yeah. I love the, like, he's he's got to dive another length. The other guy, uh, Catfish is the character's name. He's like, I can't do it. And uh, Ed Harris is like, okay, yeah, fine. I, I'll go to the next thing. Because they're trying to get into the ship. Because they're trying to stop Michael Bean from deploying this nuclear bomb to destroy what they think are the Russians but are actually the aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ed Harris sneaks in there. And he's, like, creeping along, and he's got to be so quiet. And meanwhile, Michael Bean, who's, like, suffering deeply from his hypo-compression-whatever sickness, um, that basically just makes you a rabid, crazy man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, like, yanking on this chain. Yeah. And the chain, like, glides across it's his face like, clink, a little clink, bit. It's going, like, clink, clink, Yeah. Clink, clink, clink. It's such, like, an awesome, like character choice i like i love i love what's happening there you know i love his like thousand yard stare of madness and Mm -hmm. the like absent pulling of the chain oh man that shit is that is definitely i think the most like evocative and memorable part of the movie for me even over like the aliens i would say the aliens are cool but that there's something like and the room that they're in you know all the water you know it's such it's a great arena for a fight you know like it's it's very unique um yeah that's yeah. definitely my favorite part you're totally spot on because uh, like going back to the overarching maybe problems with this movie that like maybe the aliens don't feature enough and therefore why even have the aliens yeah. that was the movie because I, I loved that part too um was their like interpersonal conflict that was the part of the movie where i was like well this is the movie like this is the I, you could this could be the whole movie this is what i really care about it really could have just been about them having to deliver this nuke or whatever and and 
you know, political paranoia and whatever. It almost felt like it didn't need the alien subplot at that point. I was like, this totally. is enough. You got enough going on here. Yeah, like literally, like it. There's a whole, there's a whole movie there, and you don't need to keep messing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, I. That's the the take that I came away with this time is he really the aliens really feels tacked on, you know, like yeah. It's also an alien movie, and you know, like he goes to like alien paradise in the last <laughs> twenty minutes, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 um. Like, I, I really, I still really love the movie, but, like, yeah, I just, I couldn't help thinking that the whole time while I was watching it today. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but it's it's still, you know, a popular cultural touchstone, I feel like. It was a very fun, cool movie that had a lot going on and was never boring. Totally. Yeah. It, it absolutely fed into James Cameron's, like, lifelong obsession with diving and submersibles and shit like that and and was definitely a stepping stone in terms of technology and his just like personal vision mm-hmm. on his way to titanic and making titanic you know yeah like he was like okay let's go do that but in the actual ocean you know mm-hmm. but he learned from his mistakes and didn't have everybody doing eight thousand hundred <laughs> fucking underwater <laughs> shots Instead, he made a movie about what happens before they go under the water. Yes. Um, which was very interesting. I don't know yeah. if you've seen it. Yeah. Um, but, oh, no, um, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> yeah, Titanic. Um, Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a blink and you miss it kind of movie. Um, Are you sure you're not thinking of Revolutionary Road? <laughs> Definitely not thinking of Revolutionary Road. I'm so sorry to all the Revolutionary Road fans, but no, this is not what we're talking about. That's their other pairing, right? Who? Kate and Leo. Oh, yeah. Is it? Or did I just totally biff that no, joke? No, you know, I think you're right. No, you're already looking up. I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I've never seen Revolutionary Road. It looks like a lot of yelling. Revolutionary Road movie. Yes. That is another pairing of theirs. Maybe the only other pairing where they're the two romantic leads. Of Kate and Leo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a romance. <laughs> Do you have any other uh, final thoughts about The Abyss that you want to get out? Any other things that came to mind on this viewing? Yeah, no. Just, uh... I, I guess I just have appreciated the, like... You know, like, where I've 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 grown personally... You know, and how my personal views, like, have changed and make, make me watch things differently, you know? Like, mm. you know, like, it's... I, I had such blinders on when I was younger, you know? Because that's just life. Yeah. Um, But now, you know, I'm older and I see things differently and I just can't help thinking about, about all the horrible abuses enacted on set, you know? Like, you're just like, these are just people trying to make a buck, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... They want to make a cool movie with a guy, you know, this is the dude who did Terminator. Like, let's make a movie with him, okay? You know, like, mm-hmm. can't go wrong, but yeah, it uh, it did. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know, like, I, uh, it was cool. I, that's, that's, that's just going to keep happening for the rest of our lives, you know? We're going to, like, encounter things when, when we were, like, kids and be like, wow, I don't see this as uh, the same way I did, you know? Yeah. Like, it's hard not yeah. to let, let behind-the-scenes things affect the way we see the final product or, like, harshing our our love for a movie because, ultimately, I mean, you could never enjoy any movie ever again if, like, if you let that kind of stuff get in the way. 
No, pretty much. And that's that's the worst part about mm-hmm. the whole business. Yeah. Yeah, Is completely. That, uh, yeah. My I took <laughs> two notes on my watch of the abyss. I wrote two sentences down. Number one. This alien is serving Crystal Skull. <laughs> no. No Crystal Skull. When Why? they first see the little floppy alien in the ocean and it's like an elongated thing, I was like, Crystal Skull? <laughs> okay. I know somebody that's been looking for you. <laughs> yeah, um, no. Get back up to Earth. <laughs> There's a certain professor that's on the lookout. <laughs> you belong in a museum. <laughs> Um, and that's enough on Indiana Jones. Yep. Um. <laughs> um, and then I also wrote Jammer, who's the tall guy, Jammer wearing Green Bay Packers bomber jacket? Bro! Question mark? <laughs> yes! Go Pack Go, motherfuckers! I, I totally forgot I was going to bring that up. I yeah. should have taken notes, but I just, I was, yeah, I just wasn't in a note-taking mood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, man, the Green Bay Packer jacket showing up there <laughs> at the end was awesome. I said represent. Yeah, for real. James Cameron was like, oh, man, you gotta pick the pack. It's the people's team. Yeah. It's the people's team. Yeah, it belongs to us. It belongs to us, man. Yeah. Not some shitty billionaires. Yeah. Hell yeah. It just and, belongs to And the some. Abyss is very working class solidarity type movies so they can't be picking some fucking hoity-toity sports team owned by a billionaire it's got totally. a pack they literally do the job for the government because the government is like we will pay you three times the wages you normally get and literally they're all like yeah okay <laughs> and like seven of them fucking die yeah. like it's horrible you know it's the american dream though you know like, yeah uh, Maybe you make it. <laughs> that reminds me. Another thing I forgot about that stood out to me in this movie is the the crew on the corresponding ship that's like telling them what to do from the government or whatever. Did you recognize any of those guys? Yes, there's um I did recognize the guy, but what a he's the fucking cameraman in Groundhog's Day, yeah? Yeah, so there's there's Chris Elliott who is the cameraman from Groundhog Day, also famous from Everybody Loves Raymond. Father to SNL cast member Abby Elliott. He's in a million movies. Wow, um, I didn't know that. And then also, I already forgot the actor's name, but uh, Bob Kelso from Scrubs. Yes, I knew I recognized him, and I was like, what do I know him from? Yeah. I kept thinking he was the dude from Magnolia, the very famous man. Oh, um, 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 who just died. Uh, yeah. F- Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, totally. I thought it was Philip. I kept thinking, they but do I look but similar. I, I knew it wasn't though. I was like, it's not him. It's yeah, not. they do look like they could be like cousins or brothers or something. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow, it's Kelso from Scrubs. Yeah. As soon as I saw him, I was like, what is Doctor Kelso doing here? Because I feel like you you can't divorce him from Scrubs once you've seen Scrubs. Like his character is so specific and so hilarious that I was like, totally. what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be saying some snappy one-liner? <laughs> I couldn't remember who he was, but his character, like, it still affected me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when he was on screen, I wasn't like, oh, what's he saying? I was like, what do I, what do I know you from? You know, yeah. like, it was so distracting. Yeah. So I feel that, yes, he's very much Kelso. Damn, scrubs. I know. That's actually that's another show that my parents taped was Scrubs. I was not allowed nice. to watch that show. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
well, that about wraps up the abyss. Um, my final question that I ask people is, what is like a, a contemporary movie, even though everyone's moving to streaming and everything? And that that's the thing. I lament these days of everyone having cable and being able to just discover movies halfway through as a child. And I feel like now you have to go seek out movies, which means that no one's going to watch them, you know, as a kid. Um, but if you had to pick a more contemporary movie that you think would be a good TV movie for the next generation to discover. Do you have one? So this might be stretching contemporary just a little bit, but honestly, the first one that came to mind for me was whiplash. If I were like in high school right now and I were flipping through the channels, like if it were that time, um, and Whiplash had just come out or had been out for a couple years, that would be the movie I would put on every single time. Mm-hmm. Because it is fucking awesome. Yeah. It is an absolute thrill ride that you can pick up wherever, you know? Like, all of a sudden, you, you pick it up, and he's in the car. He's, like, trying to drive back with the sticks and whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Like, it's all it's just an animal that's always going, always going. That is a great choice. Thank you, thank you. Right, like it's yeah. it's just a banger film. Every scene, Damien Chazelle, yeah. Oh, every yeah. scene is its own little movie in terms of every scene is like so high octane that you can click in anywhere and watch. Totally. The only parts where you might like be like, oh man, I can't believe I clicked on it at that point is when he's like going out on dates with the girl. <laughs> I do not care about the girl subplot, <laughs> man. This is this is a movie about him and the and and fucking Dump JK her. Simmons. Dump yeah. her. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> For real, man. Yeah. I was uh I was over it. Um but I did like the parts where he go when he goes to the movie theaters though. That's like Mm-hmm. I like that, you know, but yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I, that's, I, I don't think that's, you know, stretching contemporary because I do think by the time that movie came out, streaming was already becoming the dominant platform. So I definitely think that fits in the era of it has no reason now to be a TV movie. But if people were to continue having cable, I think that that is a great choice. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought of it earlier and I was like, yeah, this is the one. Like that's just yeah, it's just such a such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. In a stressful way, you know, fun in a stressful way. I think any tortured artist movie is always gonna suck me in. I think Black Swan is another one of those that I'm like, I could watch this any any point in this movie. I could watch choice. this movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's 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 a pick up and go at any point movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Black Swan is fun. It's spooky. It's it's thrilling. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now I want to watch Black Swan. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Honestly, that's, I that's... might watch that tonight. I'm not doing anything after this. Oh, I might shit, watch Black man. Swan. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I might have to do the same thing. I'm not going to lie. Wonderful. Well, I wish you <laughs> I wish you a good viewing of Black Swan. Um, I'm Thank excited you. to watch it after after we finish this right now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, unless you do you have anything else to add about the abyss or or TV movies in general? God bless the premium channels and the years 2005 to like 2013. That is the perfect way to go out. I'll cheers. <laughs> I'll, I'll cheers my diet Pepsi to that. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me.